Welcome to Chat NDT with ASNT, a podcast from the American Society for Non-Destructive Testing. I'm Debbie Siegler, the host of the podcast. Raj Venkatachalam has been involved in the field of non-destructive evaluation for more than 18 years and is currently the Systems Engineering Manager at VMI, a Varex imaging company. Raj has a master's degree in electrical and computer engineering from the University of Waterloo and a bachelor's in electronics and communication engineering from the University of Madras. He holds several certifications in systems and reliability engineering. He is an active member of ASNT and has contributed significantly to the ASTM standards for digital radiography. At VMI, Raj is working on developing engineered solutions using robotics and analytical tools to enable next generation tools for radiography. Raj is the chair of ASNT's Artificial Intelligence Machine Learning Committee. He is also leading a group of subject matter experts writing an introductory book of AI ML concepts as they relate to NDT applications to be published by ASNT. Raj, thank you for joining me on Chat NDT with ASNT. How did you begin your career in NDT? So my career in NDT goes back to probably 18 to 20 years ago. So I did my master's in electrical and computer engineering with specialization in image processing. And I was obviously looking for a job after I did my master's. And then there was a position uh, at the General Electric Research Center on image processing and that's how I got into this job because the lab that wanted uh, someone in the area of image processing was the NDT, NDT lab at the GE John F. Wells Technology Center in Bangalore, India. And that's how I got into the field of NDT. And how did you begin your interest in artificial intelligence machine learning? So um, one of the primary focus that I've been working on since day one is in the field of digital radiography, wherein I was trying to make the conversion happen from film technologies to digital. And once that was done to a good extent, at least from a research and development standpoint, we were always looking what else can we do beyond digital. And that's where we suddenly got access to a lot of digital data. And we wanted to see if we can do anything more in terms of how a machine could make decisions or classifications on data itself. At the point, uh, at that time when we were working on it, this was probably 15 years ago, probably the term AI or machine learning was not that common. We were just using a bunch of data for training and we were using the training data to make some good decisions on a new data that was fed in. That's how I got introduced to it. So when I got introduced to it, I didn't even uh, attach that technology to the so-called AI ML field. But over the period of time, especially in the past five to eight years, this has become a very ongoing technology. And then it becomes very obvious for me to invest and learn more on it because this is something that I have started 15 years ago, although I didn't know it was AI ML. And now that it's been branded, 
I took it up and started learning more about it and see how this technology could utilize could be utilized in the field of NDT. Can you explain in simple words what artificial intelligence machine learning commonly referred to as AI ML? Sure. So um, artificial intelligence um, generally refers to processes or even algorithms that are able to simulate human intelligence, including mimicking cognitive functions such as perception, learning, and problem solving. So some practical applications which all of us have seen on a day-to-day basis, we don't even know AI is behind it, are some examples such as the web search engines, uh, the self-driving vehicles, or even some of the uh, recommendations that you see on Netflix. All of that is supported by AI in the background. What is the potential for AI ML use in the non-destructive testing industry? I believe there is a lot of potential of AI ML in the non-destructive testing field, uh, especially because we're dealing with a lot of data. So today, virtually all manufactured products are inspected uh, either manually or in an automated fashion. And there are a variety of technologies, right from visual, ultrasonic, uh, or uh, X-ray that is being used for inspection. And so NDT is one challenge and opportunity that could actually leverage AI for efficiency and productivity. And there's going to be a lot of potential on innovation that can come up in the manufacturing process itself. So I strongly believe there is a lot of opportunity where AI ML could be used in the NDT field itself. Can you elaborate on how you see foresee that? Sure. So the first thing is um, there is a lot of tasks that are being done in a repeated fashion from an inspection standpoint. So especially during manufacturing, nowadays the manufacturing processes have become so good that you rarely find any defects in parts. But it is very important to make sure if you have a part that has a defect, it needs to get identified. So if a human operator has to look at all the data for all these volume, all these volume of parts that are being inspected, it becomes a kind of a monotonous job and there is a lot of um, opportunities for mistakes to happen. And also, when you have people with different levels of experience who are looking at the data, they may come up with different interpretations on the same data that is given to them. So this is where it becomes very tricky and kind of um, goes in the other direction towards bringing efficiency in the inspection process and the overall improving the manufacturing process itself. With AI ML, what this will allow us, it's a machine that's doing the processing and that's going to be processing the data based on what it has learned from the training data set as an example. And it is going to be reliable in terms of making those calls compared to a human operator. And it doesn't get tired looking at tons of data day in and day out. So can I infer that the that the human would be replaced? So the uh, that's a question that has always been asked. I think what would be required when we start moving into AIMO is the the skill set of people in terms of how they're used to working with data and performing inspection will change, wherein they will be more trained in terms of how they could use the AIML automated functions in the background 
to help them make the, make their decisions done uh, in the right way at, at the same time with high efficiency. So they would still be in the process. And uh, they, in essence, they're going to have much more cooler toys in, in, the, in their hands to be able to do it. And they would still be a vital component in the process. What is the difference between automated defect recognition and assisted defect recognition? So if, anytime we're talking about automated defect recognition, what we are trying to do is to kind of completely eliminate the operator. So the there is no operator that is required. You're coming up with a fully automated inspection and the machine makes the decision and does the disposition as, as whether the part is good or a bad part. So that is automated defect recognition. It all happens automatically. In the case of an assisted defect recognition, the system would process the data and potentially indicate if there is any defect to an operator. And then the operator would use that information to make the final call if the part is an accept or a, or a reject. So the fundamental difference is automated defect recognition, everything is completely automated, assisted, the machine helps the operator. So just to give you a small scenario where I think assisted defect recognition might be a great thing to have is say you have a large volume of parts that are being manufactured and there is a possibility of defects, which is very, very less in percentage. The AI machine could actually just screen those parts and let the operator know that out of these hundred parts, there is only two parts that is questionable. So the operator need not look at those 98 parts. They, the operator needs to look only at those two parts. And even if for those two parts, the AI ML program is going to give some kind of an indication on where the defect is. So the operator can look at those two images with whatever the program has found for the operator to make a final decision if the part is good or bad. This could be a process that can continue for some time. And over a period of time, it may get to a point where the operator gets the confidence that is required from the machine and the system could be changed from an assisted defect recognition system to an automated defect recognition system. And so what is needed to make AI ML most effective for NDT? So the most important thing that is required for AI ML is data. So we need the data. We need good data. We need the data collected in a way that the machine can be programmed to do the job. So data is the key piece. So that's where anything that has been developed, where we convert from analog to digital, the data becomes immediately available. But is all the data being stored? Is all the information being made available is a big question. So when inspection is done today, uh, we call it the metadata, right? So you have the actual data from the inspection, which could be an ultrasound data or an X-ray image. And on top of that, it also needs to have all the metadata information, such as how the data was acquired, what is the part that is being inspected, what is the material, what kind of thicknesses, what kind of a source is used for inspection, so on and so forth. And all of this needs to be available in a way that it could be fed to a program for the program to do the training on the data set to be able to 
develop AI ML solutions. So that is the key part. The first and the foremost is the data. And this is where a lot of data exists today, but it is all very localized. When I say localized, you may have one manufacturer with one system collecting a lot of data. There might be another system which might be doing something very similar and the data would be available for that, but all the data might not be available together for developing any solutions. So that's where it becomes important for data sharing to happen, where people are willing to share the data, because at the end of the day, all the data is going to be used to help develop better AI ML programs so that it could be later used for automation of inspections. So that is the most important need. Uh, the second need, which kind of follows directly after this, is having tools that will allow people to actually collect the data. So unless you have uh, an inspection program where the operators who are looking at the data can mark uh, areas of concern, make measurements of the defects that they are seeing, add in more details about the classification of the defects as to the type of defect, how severe the defect is. Unless the software allows them to be able to key in all that information, that data is not going to be available for the next step for the AI ML program or the machine to take up for training. So we need the data and we need the data to be collected in a way it could be useful for developing AI ML programs. And that is only possible if we have a software where the, where the operator is being trained on how the software needs to be used so that that data becomes available. And then the last piece, which I already covered is data sharing. How do we make sure that if we are not developing um, AI ML just based on a limited data, but with a broad range of data, that's where AI uh, data sharing needs to happen. And once all of this comes into place, I think we can develop very effective solutions using AI ML for NDT. And when it comes to data sharing, I mean, how do you think the industry and, or competitors are going to respond to the sharing of data? So if you have like five manufacturers who manufacture a similar product, I guess the anticipation is that they would they would share data, obviously for the the greater good or efficiencies um, for the end for the users of that particular product. Yeah, that's actually a great question. So this is very common, and this is this is this is actually um, causing a lot of um, what do I say uh, hesitance in terms of data sharing, right? So that is where in AI ML philosophy there is something called uh, anonymization. Hopefully, I'm pronouncing that right. So that's basically getting data from multiple sources and not really using any data that is probably not required for the program. You don't need to know the manufacturer's name. You don't need to know who the client is. You don't really need to know where the location of the part is. None of those are important for the AI ML program, right? So what is important for the program is, hey, how severe is this defect? What kind of a signature exists in the data that makes it obvious for the operator to mark these as a defect? Information of that kind is important and information such as who the client is, where is the location of the part is not at all important. So that is where um, the AI ML um, 
philosophy has something called the anamatization process. So that is where the data could be coming in from multiple sources. It goes through this anamatization process, wherein any information that is pertaining to anything that is not required for the AIMO processing is completely removed. And only what is required is used to generate the final outcome. And once this happens, then this can be uh, incorporated back into all the different manufacturers and whoever provided the data, and it could be applied onto that data to see what the outcome is. So I think and this is where I think a lot of uh, education needs to happen with people who are handling a lot of data to be aware that they are not going to be questioned based on what they have been sharing, but they're just going to be helping us reinforce the learning process and hence allow AIML systems to be efficient and sharing data across the board is just going to help them overall at the end of the day because it is impossible for one particular system from one manufacturer to be able to collect that amount of data. When we all come together, you get a lot more data and that benefits all of us at the end. So is this like open source data sharing? Absolutely, yes. And, and then it's just based on the principle of making sure that the data that is only required gets in and anything that's not required, it gets filtered out and it should not be available at all in the future from an AIML processing standpoint. So then who controls the repository of this shared data? So this is going to be controlled primarily by the, uh, by the companies that are actually working on developing these AIML programs. And that is where I think it will be a good idea of having some sort of a consortium where we have the key players working together. And once this database becomes um, available, it should be available across the board on whoever is willing to be a part of this consortium. So that does not exist today, uh, or maybe it exists today. I'm not at least aware of it, but that's the way to go where you build a consortium and the consortium uh, actually manages the database. Can you talk about a simple application where you have used AI ML methods for inspection? Sure. So one of the most common issue that we have uh, in our industry is corrosion. Uh, so these corro the corrosion uh, causes a lot of failure and visual methods is a very common method of detecting corrosion. So people in the refinery, you'll have technicians who would go and take several pictures of the assets, for example, in a refinery. And then uh, there'll be someone who would looking at these images and they would mark each and every image with something called an RI index. RI index is basically a corrosion index. So RI zero means there is no corrosion. RI five means there's a lot of corrosion and anything in between gets a number between zero and five. So the, uh, the, the, these pictures are being analyzed one after the other, and then they would mark each of those pictures based on whatever they are seeing visually with an RI number. And then depending on the severity and, and the next step, the next step would be decided on what needs to be done uh, to prevent the situation that's happening with regards to corrosion. So this is a very laborious process because the user the, has to go through tons of data, a lot of video to be able to come up with that interpretation. So what we tried doing here is to collect a lot of images or to at least use the images that have already been collected uh, over, a lot, over a period of time. And then all of these images also had uh, the ground truth information <clears throat> from people who were looking at it 
with regions of interest and the RI numbers associated with that. So this database of images with the RI numbers associated with that was used as an input and we used deep learning methodologies. And once we were able to do that, we were able to automatically uh, process these images and associate an RI number to it. So once these uh, images are analyzed by the AI ML program, what we came up with uh, was a smart thing where instead of having an operator take a lot of pictures and come back with the uh, technicians to look at it, um, we actually came up with a solution where a drone could actually go and fly around the refinery, take all these images, and the AIML program would automatically process these images and mark areas of concern. So the drone also has information on the GPS coordinates of everything that it's in, it's it's imaging, and then the AIML program automatically classifies these um, images input images based on the RI number given that the training has happened, and that actually helped in automating the whole process. So imagining going into uh, going from a scenario where someone uh, goes, collects the data, and someone else just looks at the data, and just based on the, his or her knowledge, uh, uh, classifies the images based on the corrosion levels. That was a scenario that existed, and now the new scenario is a drone flying all around the refinery automatically collecting images and automatically classifying them based on the different corrosion levels. And that report is directly fed in as an input for the next next action, next set of actions to be uh, framed. So if someone is on board, someone is forward thinking, uh, or a company is forward thinking, uh, what are their challenges to start using AIML? So the challenges, uh, first thing is to being able to uh, collect that massive data that is required with all possible scenarios, right? So they should be able to have a good database with all possible defects that they can see in parts um, and with various variables uh, kept in mind. So that is the first hurdle. As I already mentioned, data is the most important piece of this problem. So that's where if they have access to that data, um, then they can easily collaborate with AI ML developers. A lot of people, there's a lot of data scientists uh, and a lot of companies who are working on, on this. Uh, they would say they have a program that, they, that can do the job, but they don't have the data. So the data is the key piece that needs to come from the subject matter expertise within a company. And once that becomes um, available, uh, especially in a clean and neat form with all the information, as I mentioned before, going ahead with the next step of developing the AI ML programs and doing the testing uh, should be easy and, and that should not be a difficult task. And this is not something that stops right there. Uh, it's an ongoing process where the performance of the system has to be verified over a period of time until the confidence has been established. And then training is going to be a very important piece, like who can uh, operate those systems? What kind of training do they need to have? Uh, how will they understand uh, what the performance of an AI ML system is? So things of that kind needs to happen. So wherein you don't really need a full-fledged, complete, thorough knowledge of AI ML to be able to use the AI ML tools. But at the same time, you need to have some kind of a high-level understanding of how the tool works, what are the outcomes you would expect for even for an operator to be able to use the AI ML tool. And that's where a lot of effort has been uh, taken 
by for example by asn asnt uh, to be to take this technology forward my next question ties to what you just said and it's what is the role or what would be the role of the ndt technicians and human oversight yeah so the role of the um, uh, ndt technicians is just not uh, just not to accept what the machine says right so that's where he he or she needs to understand how the machine learning program has been developed in the background he he or she needs to no methods to validate what the outcome of the machine learning program is so that's where it becomes very important for the technician to play a major important role to uh, validate the performance of the ai ml system so once that once we cross that hurdle where the technician really gets excited based on the outcome of the ai ml program then he he or she would confidently apply those tools on a day to day basis to help him basically doing to do his job do you think that the ndt technicians are going to get excited about this adding do, do you think i mean obviously it's going to be a new skill um do you think that there's going to be a hurdle to them adopting or or their i don't know understanding their role in this uh yes so not all of them but yes i think a significant person of them uh, percent of them might have that hurdle that they have to pass through so they would have the hesitance uh, it could i think i can see it in um, two groups right there would be one group uh, who would be very hesitant to do anything in an automated fashion they may not rely on the results that are coming from the ai ml programs but they over a period of time um they're going to get excited based on what they are seeing uh, if the system is really not set up for that it is good that they would find out that the performance is not good and that is good in a way to make sure that this doesn't go into the production floor as an example uh on the other hand i'm pretty sure there is also a sizable population of technicians who are very interested in advanced technologies so this is where uh training becomes vital uh so that the they get to know more about how ai ml works what are the specific terms that they need to know how do they validate and once we give them that resource to help them then that pop that particular population of technicians who are very eager to advance technology can really ramp up and take this technology forward so i basically in a nutshell there there are going to be two groups we need to cater to both of them and having those two groups i think is important we don't really want to blindly accept ai ml solutions so there should be some hesitance and that's where they go through the process uh, and 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 make the system better and in the process they learn and the system also gets better so that is required and 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 the other other portion uh, of the people would actually help to take things far, farther away uh, i mean faster as required many people interested in stem tend to gravitate toward industries that they see as cutting edge which means ai ml usage in ndt could serve as a great way to advocate for ndt as an interesting career for such people can you speak to that and what's the potential for ai ml to bring more people into the ndt industry wow i really like that question so i really hope that happens so uh, people who are um, pr- uh, working in the area of stem uh, who are doing their engineering degrees for example um, a majority of this population is uh, kind of attracted uh, 
to a lot of other companies that are not NDT related. Um, they are the high tech companies. And that's how it has been uh, like a trend in terms of where the STEM people generally go. Um, but I think uh, using AI ML techniques for NDT is going to attract a lot of such talent to our industry as well. Uh, so they would be able to use exactly the same technologies that they have used for face recognition, as an example. They could use the same thing on inspection data. And uh, this is where it even gets into um, a little more interesting, wherein you're not just stopping there, because you're going to see how not only the AIML pro program can find defects in a part, it can also help. Uh, coming up with uh, root causes for those defects and can also result in coming up with methods that can even change the manufacturing process uh, in a way that it can improve the final uh, outcome in terms of the number of rejects we would get on a part. So I think uh, for sure um, having AIMO uh, as an area in the area of NDT would definitely attract a lot more people on the STEM side uh, into our space. Do you think that same thought applies to the high school student that doesn't want to go to college? Would, I mean, first of all, would they know about AIML and, or would knowing about this cutting edge? Right. Yeah. So there are two things, two ways I would look at this, right? So the development is cutting edge technology. Once you have the technology developed, it makes anybody use the technology, right? So today, if you need to have someone look at an inspection data, you need to make sure that that person has the right certifications and also has the experience of dealing with this data for a certain period of time for us to uh, ensure that the data is being looked at the right, uh, looked by the right person and the right interpretation is made out of it. On the other hand, Let's imagine a situation where we are in an era where the AIML solutions have become very matured and are able to is able to do a good job. At this point, you can think about uh, people like uh, from high school that you're talking about, who I'm pretty sure are very well versed in using computers. Uh, so they don't want to be breaking their head or knowing or spending a lot of time on understanding inspection methods, how they work. Rather, they might be okay to use an automated system and, and be on top of it to see how they can help um, collect the data or make sure that the interpretation happens in the right way. So for them, they don't need um, a lot of experience, but at the same time, with the help from AIML tools, they would still be able to do their job. So I think it, it, it is twofold. The development process might require people with a lot more interest and knowledge on the, uh, on the technical aspects of AIML to make it happen. On the other hand, once this gets developed, uh, it will also allow people with less experience uh, to come in and, and contribute in this area with the, with the help of the AIML tools in the background. Finally, what do you see happening in the future of AI ML? And then what are some critical elements needed to make this foresight happen? So as I said before, AI ML, for AI ML to be successful, we need the following, right? We need sharing of data from multiple sources uh, with the only goal of developing AI ML solutions that are most effective. And this is possible if uh, existing inspection methods are first changed to digital and infrastructure is created upfront to create the data with the best form with all the details included, as I explained before. Uh, 
And the last piece, uh, which is but not the least, is educating the industry itself on what AIML is about and get more and more people engaged in this together with a common goal. And, and that's the only way we can be successful. Looking ahead to ASNT 2022, the annual conference in Nashville, Tennessee, are you speaking at the conference? Yes. So we're going to have a, a series of talks and a specific session just dedicated to AIMO on the, I think on the last day of the conference. So I'm going to be giving a beginning talk, uh, giving an overview of AIMO, what ASNT's role is, and talking about some of the technicalities and followed by specific case studies uh, that will be presented in that session. So if our audience has questions, they should definitely come to the annual conference and they can hear you speak and then uh, get their questions answered. You can answer their questions. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it will be a great uh, forum for networking. Uh, as I, I just mentioned, uh, we are still an ongoing group in terms of people we have in this committee. We are always looking for more people to participate. And this is completely, as you all know, a volunteer-based uh, organization. So we need more help uh, for us to be successful in this. Thank you for listening to Chat NDT with ASNT. For more information about our organization, please visit our website at asnt.org. You can also connect with us on social media at ASNT Info on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. Chat NDT with ASNT is copyrighted by the American Society for Non-Destructive Testing. ASNT, creating a safer world. <laughs>